0: I want to share with you guys our favorite toothpaste that the entire family uses. It's called Risewell. And Risewell is a fluoride-free toothpaste that has all non-toxic, safe ingredients. So it's even safe if swallowed, which makes it perfect for young children. I love Risewell because... Unlike some of the other natural and non-toxic toothpaste on the market, Risewell contains an ingredient called hydroxyapatite, which is a naturally occurring mineral that actually has been scientifically proven to strengthen and protect our teeth without the use of fluoride. You can save 10% now with the code KULIK10 when you go to risewell.com. And again, that code is KULIK, K-U-L-I-K-10. If you appreciate this podcast, if you have found any of the episodes valuable for you, I would so appreciate if you would leave me a review, a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. The reviews actually help people see more... Hi, everyone. Welcome back. I am super excited to be back. I took a few months off. I'm not even sure how many months I took off um, from the podcast, but I'm happy to be back. I wanted to use this episode to just kind of give a little bit of an update about my plans for this podcast my plans as of now for this podcast and then give an update about how i've been night weaning my son because so many of you guys wanted details about that um so that's what is going to be this episode just like updates life updates podcast updates Um, night weaning updates. So to start with, I just want to let you guys know that I am changing the way that I do these podcasts a little bit, Um, really more changing the schedule and the frequency of the podcast. So I am going to be releasing episodes instead of every week on Monday morning, I'm going to be releasing them every other week on Monday morning. Um, And then still doing that for a few months and then taking a couple months off. And the reason for that is because as much as I love doing this podcast, I do not have very much childcare. I have one day a week of childcare um, for about six or seven hours and that's my mother-in-law who watches the kids. And that's also when I get all of my admin stuff done and my content creation. Um, and so that's really my only day to to record podcasts and it's just not enough time. And so I've had to really think about how I want to use my time and I have been feeling a little bit, I don't want to say burnt out from the podcast. Um, It's more of just like I don't feel like I can keep up. With the current childcare that I have, um, because it's a lot, because a lot of episodes I'm interviewing people and I'm editing, um, and it takes a lot of time to do that. And it's also hard schedule wise when I only have one day of um, childcare to even schedule interviews. So I'm going to try this season, I'm going to try to release episodes every other week, see how that goes, see if that is a little bit more doable for me, because I really want this podcast to be something that is sustainable and. I can't, um, I guess, burn myself out of it because I know that if I do that, I will just stop the podcast. And I don't want that because I love doing this. And it's also just a really great um, alternative platform to social media to share some of my thoughts about things, to share other people's information and thoughts. And so I would like to do this. But I just realized that I can't be doing the podcast at the current frequency that I'm doing it in this season of life, at least. So thank you guys for hanging in with me there. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of the update on the podcast. So it will be every other week, um, for a few months, then I'll take a couple of months off like I typically do. Um, and then back and we'll see how that works. And I will let you know. Um, okay. I want to move on, talk about night weaning because as many of you know, if you follow me on Instagram, I weaned my son. I nightwinged M, um, and so many of you guys want to know details of that and what that looked like for us. And I will just say that if you haven't already, go back and listen to the episode from um, it was last season, I believe season three, and I don't remember um, like what number episode it was, but it was about how I've made a variety of different sleep transitions with both of my children over the last four to five years. Um, and so go back and listen to that if you haven't already, and you're looking for like a real, real examples of what this kind of, kind of respectful, holistic sleep approach looks like, because I shared how I nightweaned my daughter when she was two. So I I nightweaned her when she turned 24 months old, um, and transitioned her to a floor bed at the same time. So, I talk about that in that episode. And I also talked in that episode about the changes that we've made to M sleep um, right before we started night weaning. So, the changes we made thus far, basically. And so, go back and listen to that episode if you're interested and to kind of get like a background on the situation. But I will fill you in on exactly how we night weaned and how it is going. Okay, so if you listened to that podcast about how I've transitioned to my kids and shifted their sleep patterns over the years, you would have heard that recently. I don't even know how long ago. Maybe I'm guessing maybe six months, um, maybe maybe less. I we made this shift from me putting M to sleep. Me, I would I would nurse him to sleep, but I would also rock him. So I would kind of go back and forth like nursing, rocking, nursing, rocking, and it got to the point where. It just wasn't working anymore because he was just wanting to like switch back and forth from each breast like like many, many times. It was ridiculous. Um, and I would have to – he would want me to stand up and rock and then lay down and nurse. And it just wasn't working for us anymore. And I knew that from experience with my daughter that this was something I needed to get Andy's help with. Andy's my husband. Um, and so we shifted from me putting him to sleep. And at that time, Andy would put my daughter to sleep. To switching. So Andy put him to sleep. I put my daughter to sleep. So that was kind of the first step. And that is what I usually recommend to families with any night um, or any night changes, whether that's weaning or just more independent sleep or whatever, is if you want to have the other partner involved or another caregiver involved, first have them start with the beginning of the evening. So that first time that you're putting the child to sleep, because that is usually just easier for everybody. Um, and especially the caregivers, because we're not like asleep yet, right? If it's seven or eight o'clock at night, we're not usually asleep. We're not tired. It's not the middle of the night. Um, and so we can just tolerate a little bit better, um, supporting that emotion. And so, that last that was great that went so well um you can get details about that in that episode but and like how we did that but basically you know he probably cried and screamed while my husband was holding him and supporting him for 30 minutes or maybe 45 minutes the first night the second night, and it was really hard, but I knew from experience with my daughter, my kids are very, very sensitive. They are not adaptable. They are very emotional. And I just, I kind of knew this was how it was going to go. Um, and my husband is really, really good at supporting emotion. So I had no concerns about that. And I knew that if he was really having a hard time, he would come get me. We, we know we kind of have have mastered this with the sleep, um, at least the emotion part, not the sleep part, but the emotion, the supporting emotion part. Um, and so... The next night, the second night of my husband putting him to sleep, I think he cried for about five minutes and then he let my husband rock him to sleep and it just got better from there and um, it's just been – it's been great and that's – I usually tell people, you know, if you can make it through that initial night or two with the big emotions and – Um, you know, it's really important here to remember that we're not leaving our children alone to deal with their feelings, to deal with their emotions by themselves. We are supporting them through it. And so if you can remain calm and you can support them and you can get through that initial moment, um, not moment, night or time, then it often gets a lot better. often gets a lot easier because it's that emotion. It's that child being able to get to the point of sadness and tears that helps their brain rewire in order to adapt to the new boundary that's being set or the new pattern. And so that has definitely been the case for my very highly sensitive children is that once we get through that initial, initial emotion, it usually gets a lot easier. And so um, obviously, during this time, you really have to listen to your intuition. And if it's more than just emotion, if it's like, you know, hyperventilating and vomiting, then that's obviously something that you need to, you need to stop. Um, and you might need to work with a sensory-based occupational therapist to get support for how to help your child co-regulate because that could be more of a sensory issue. Um, but always listen to your intuition there. So moving on, he was putting M to sleep for quite a while. I started um, a couple months ago realizing that it just, it was time. It was time to start night weaning because he, it was working for us just fine. He, we still bed share, we nurse at night, but it was working fine for the most part because most nights he would just wake up a few times, nurse, go right back to sleep. And it wasn't an issue for me, but we reached a point where he would nurse or wake up, he would nurse, and he would just stay latched for pretty much all night long. And it just, that was not working for me anymore. I wasn't getting hardly any sleep. Um, It didn't seem to just be like a sleep progression because it, there were way more nights than not that he would do this. There were very, very few good nights for a couple of months. Um, And so I started, I, I started with a gradual approach. So I started with just experimenting because I wasn't fully ready to night wean at this time. I just wasn't there yet because I still loved sleeping with him and I loved nursing him and it was the easiest thing. And I know how hard night weaning is, especially with my kids. Um, And so I just wasn't, I wasn't prepared for that. Like I wasn't mentally prepared for it. So I decided to ease in a little bit um, and start a gradual approach with, just saying no at night sometimes, just saying no to nurses, he calls them nurses. We call them nurses. Just saying no sometimes. And so um, that's what that's what we did. And the first night it was really rough. like I think, um, and what I mean by that saying no sometimes is there wasn't like a set thing. There wasn't like a set schedule or like um, a plan. It was just like if I was feeling touched out, Or I feel like he was nursing too much. I was just going to say, no, not anymore or not right now or later or something of that nature. And so the first night I tried that and I said, I I said no to nurses because I think he had just had nurses like 30 minutes ago. And he probably screamed and cried for an hour or two. And I almost gave in (laughs) and there's nothing wrong with giving in if that's what you need to do. but I, I'm i confident, you know, I knew that it was just emotion. It wasn't any – like he was fine. He was safe. I was there with him. I was supporting him. I was validating him. I was empathizing with him. Um, I was doing what – I was trying to give him whatever support in terms of co-regulation that he needed and wanted at that time. Um, and my husband, I think, even came in to try to support him because there are – he sleeps with my daughter um, and the room is right next door. So that's real, that was really my biggest concern with night weaning was my daughter's room is so close that I was afraid that he was going to keep her awake. And thankfully, she would stir sometimes, um but she wasn't really waking a whole lot to his his cries and screams. so that that's good. That's a positive. Um, but so anyways, we got through that first night and and I think I only said no once. And then the rest of the night I nursed him. I just wanted to kind of see what would happen. And so I kept trying that and the next few nights were a little bit better. Like I would say no, not right now um, or something like that and he would cry for a few minutes and then he would go to sleep. So I thought, this is good, this this is happening, I'm doing something here. Okay, so then fast forward to like a few days later, it got worse. So I would say no, not right now. and I, I, the thing I would say is, nurses are asleep. And I would talk to him about this before we went to bed. Nurses are going night-night with you. Nurses are not available. Nurses are sleeping. And so that's what I would say in the middle of the night. Nurses are sleeping. Um, the other thing that I did was, um, this probably sounds weird, but it's not weird to nursing moms, is we created this kind of nighttime ritual. And I would tell him, after I told him nurses are going night-night, I he would give nurses a kiss good night. So um, that's something that he would do. And I would ask him in the middle of the night when he woke up if he wanted to give nurses a kiss. I said, you can kiss nurses, but you can't have nurses. And so sometimes he would do that. So anyways, again, fast forward to a few days later. So this is maybe a week or two in of just – and some nights I didn't say no. So it just kind of depended on how I was feeling. Um, And if I was like really tired, I would just let him nurse. If I didn't have the energy to deal with the emotion, I would just let him nurse. So then we reach a point where – it seems to be getting worse and he is just screaming and losing his mind to the point where my intuition was telling me that I needed to give him milk. Um, And so always listen to your intuition, but I feel like he was very stressed. It wasn't just he's upset and he's mad at me and he's mad at the situation and he's sad. It wasn't like that. It was like he was stressed. And I just – I so what I realized after a few nights of this was this is – doing this gradual approach is not working for him. Um, My kids are very highly sensitive and I just think it was causing some confusion for him. I think it was really difficult for me to be in the room with him knowing that he couldn't have milk but that I was right there. He would like claw at my shirt and like scratch me and slap me and I mean, it was awful. So my husband in in the midst of all of this was sometimes coming in and trying to help but it wasn't really doing much. And so I told – I told Andy, we have to just do this all at once. This is the only way this is going to work. You have to do this because it's going to be a lot easier on him if you're in there with him supporting him rather than me because he just wants milk and it's miserable for him um, when I'm in the room with him and he can't have milk. And so my husband agreed and we decided to start, I said, let's just do it. Let's just try one night and see what happens. And if it doesn't go well, then I'll go back. Cause I still, again, wasn't at the point where I was like, 100% I have to night wean. It was more of, I'm just experimenting and seeing what happens. And I really want to night wean, um, at least a little bit, but, um, oh, I skipped a part. Okay. So in between the saying no sometimes and like real – Okay, so once he started like freaking out and I realized I can't like keep doing this gradual approach is I I switched gears a little bit and tried a different gradual approach. And instead of just saying no sometimes, I would always say yes to nurses. He always had some nurses when he woke. But then instead of letting him latch all night long – um, I would after five to ten minutes I would unlatch him like as he's kind of starting to fall asleep And say okay nurses are going night night now you turn over and go to sleep And again, sometimes that worked and sometimes it just was miserable and then it just got worse and worse and worse So this is when I told my husband it's your turn You have to just try this and see what happens and he was on board And so we started on a friday night since he wouldn't have to go into work the next morning and um the fir- and I so I slept with my daughter and we kind of just shifted And the first night was miserable. I mean, he was screaming and crying. The first time he woke up, I remember it was like 10.30. And it was right as I was going to sleep. And I went to sleep too late because I was like nervous about the evening. And he didn't go back to sleep until 12.30. And then I couldn't sleep all night. My husband didn't sleep all night because I could hear him right in the other room. So it was just – it was just (sighs) – it wasn't good, but my husband rocked it. He was calm. He was supporting the emotion. I knew that he would come get me if he needed me. Um, I want to remind everyone there's nothing wrong with that emotion. If it is being supported, if there is an adult present, it, there is nothing wrong with changing um, changing patterns and setting boundaries. Um, this is something that I needed. Like I need to do this for my mental health and well-being and for everyone to get more sleep because we're all miserable. So – except for except for M because he will just wake up from not sleeping all night and being latched all night and just be so ready to go and happy and like enthusiastic about the day. And it amazes me because I'm like, kid, you didn't even sleep last night. But he did sleep. He did sleep. He I just didn't sleep. Um, so anyways, first night was really rough and then a couple more episodes of that that night. So I mean we all – none of us really got much sleep except for my daughter who slept through most of it. I didn't get sleep because I was in the right – in the next room listening to it all and I couldn't sleep. So what we ended up doing was we have like a guest futon in the basement and um, we decided that I was going to camp out with my daughter in there because um, we wouldn't be able to hear as well. And I figured if – Y'all aren't going to get sleep. At least let us get sleep so that I can take over for you in the morning. And like, there's no reason for ne- for both of us to be not getting sleep. And my husband was still feeling confident. He was with like, with it. He was like, I can do this. This is fine. It'll get better. Um, so I said, okay, let's just keep trying for the weekend. See if it gets better. The, the night, the second night was significantly better. Um, he still woke often. He still cried and screamed for probably 30 minutes to an hour each time. Um, but it was better. The third night, it was about the same. Um, For a couple nights, it was probably like that. And then after probably a week or two, it started getting a lot better. So um, he would wake – he was still waking pretty much the same amount. Like my husband would say, he would probably wake five to seven times. uh, But he was going to sleep within five to ten minutes. Um, And my husband was just kind of laying there next to him, supporting his emotion, um, stroking his hair, things like that. And then, probably, within three to four weeks, he was waking a little bit less. So that and that's where we're at right now. We're I think we're at about three or four weeks in. Um, and he is now waking, and every night is different, of course, but he's waking around three times, probably, and he goes right back to sleep. Like he just wakes. He cries a little bit for a few for like a minute or two and then and, Andy is right there in bed with him stroking his hair and he falls right back asleep. So that's where we're at now. We're all getting much better sleep. We are still camping in the basement and I'm kind of nervous to go upstairs <laughs> because I we're, we're we're really comfortable down here. We might stay down here long term. I don't know. It is really lovely to not be able to hear him. I'm just going to be honest. Um it's so funny though. I shared on Instagram one night my daughter spent the night at her grandma's and so that was the first night that i was basically sleeping entirely by myself without the possibility of hearing crying children in 5 years almost because um i've just always been either if i wasn't in bed with a child i was right next door to a child who was crying like in in the in the um case of weaning my daughter so I was like pumped, right? I'm going to go have the best night of sleep in the world. And and it was actually my worst night of sleep that I've gotten in several months. Like I think I slept for five hours because I went to bed too late and then I couldn't go to sleep when I went to bed. And then I was up with insomnia in the middle of the night for some reason. So anyways, it was just kind of ironic, right? Because that's just how it always works. Like I had this great opportunity to sleep. Um, Okay. So now night weaning has been going great. He isn't crying like like he w- – at first he was crying um, as I would leave because he knew like um, as I would leave to go downstairs with my daughter and after I said goodnight and stuff because he knew that I wasn't going to be sleeping with him and giving him milk at night. Um, but now he doesn't cry. He's like ready to go. He tells Andy, come on, come on. Um, and he's, he's super happy and he's super happy to see me in the morning when he wakes up. And so I will say the only kind of trade-off that we've had is that he is – now often waking up earlier. So whereas before when I was bed sharing with him, he would often wake up at 5 or 5.30, but then I would nurse him and he would go right back to sleep and we would kind of just doze until 6.30 or 7, usually whenever my daughter woke up. Um, but now he is waking usually around 5 or 5.30 again, still, so same time. But this time it's different because he his sleep pressure has worn off and he is not really able to get back to sleep easily with Andy. And he's kind of inconsolable at that point. Like the night is fine. The rest of the night is fine. But at that point in the early morning hours, he's pretty inconsolable. So I'll go up and nurse him. Um, but then he won't go back to sleep. So he now we have an early rise which is a trade-off. And sometimes you have to make – you do make these trade-offs when you're shifting patterns. Like it's not always perfect. So we have the night weaning pretty much down now, but now we have an early rise that we're trying to figure out. But I'll take the early rise over being up with him latched to my breast all night long, right? Um, But this morning he slept until like 6.15, so that's good. Anyway, so that's just something that we're kind of trying to figure out. Um, Initially, Andy was bringing him to me at – like as soon as he woke up and wasn't able to be consoled at like 5.15 or 5.30, and I would nurse him. And what I'm realizing is that I think that he knows that. Like he knows that if he wakes up at that time in those early morning hours, he's going to get milk. And so it gives him no motivation to get back to sleep or let Andy console him. So what we're trying now is we are trying – to wait. So I'm, I'm getting, I'm trying to get Andy to wait, um, which is not always possible because sometimes Andy needs to go into work early and has to get, has to actually get up at 5 30 and get ready for bed. So sometimes we just don't have the choice. Um, but if it is possible, I'm trying to get Andy to wait until at least six o'clock before he brings him to me. That way he won't be driven by his motivation to nurse, if that makes sense. So there's always trade-offs when it comes to shifting patterns. Um, we're at a good place right now, I think, and it's working well for us, um, but that is how, that is kind of how we nightwean. So I offer weaning webinars every other month because it's a really popular one and one that people just really want. And so the next one, I haven't scheduled it yet, but there will be one this month. So I'm going to try to, I'm recording this webinar in, what month is it? The end of May. Wait. No, I lied. There will be one next month. There should be no one in August. Um, So just stay tuned for that because I think I will have one in June. No. No, there will be. What am I talking about? There will be one this month. Um, And so I'm recording this at the end of May, so I haven't scheduled the July night weaning webinar, but I will um, announce it when I do and I'll link it in the show notes too. I'll try to kind of sync it up with when I am releasing this this podcast episode. So that is our night weaning journey thus far. Um, I just want to say, you know, don't compare your night weaning journey to other people's. And why I say that is because, you know, I have talked with families. I have talked with parents who did a specific night weaning method. Maybe it was like a really gentle or not gentle, but gradual approach. And it went really smoothly and they didn't have a whole lot of issues. Whereas you know, for us, night weaning has always been really tough and we have to really be comfortable with dealing with big, big, big emotions. And it's hard sometimes to compare when you do compare because you think, well, what is wrong with me or what is wrong with my child that night weaning didn't look like that for us? But the thing here is, is that it is so based on your child's personality and their temperament. And while a gradual approach, like I was kind of trying in the beginning with M, while well, that might've worked fine for one child and one family. It was really hard on all of us. And so we had to make the decision to just do it all at once because that was going to be a lot easier on everybody to have a couple of really 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 bad nights than like months of really really bad nights. Um and so it's okay if it's not easy for you. It's okay if it's not easy for your child. It doesn't mean there's anything wrong. It's just it's tough, and maybe you have a child that is more sensitive or um, not very adaptable, or you know they just have a different temperament and personality than that other child who you're hearing about had a pretty easy, smooth night weaning journey. So just don't compare yourself. And, you know, it's okay to have to take a gradual approach. In my night weaning webinars, I talk about multiple ways to do this. And I often recommend starting with a gradual approach, at least, because you kind of can get your toes wet a little bit and see what is your child going to do um, and how are they going to react. And you can really t- kind of take your time following their cues. But then like I did, I realized that this was not working for us and that we needed to just go all in. And I knew he would be okay with it, but we had to give it a try. And so, um, I do usually recommend moving slowly through the night weaning process. But then sometimes you have to just do it all. And I talk about all of these approaches and all of these ways to do it in the night weaning webinar. Um, and by the way, this information is also always available in the comprehensive toddler e course. Um, the same information is there, plus way more, because you get just way more in the the comprehensive e courses. But um, yeah, I mean, it's I know that people always ask me about like. A variety of different specific night weaning methods, but truly I don't like any night weaning methods because that method might not be right for your family. And that method might be fine for one family, but not for the next. And so I don't like any one size fits all methods or approaches because I think ultimately what you need to do is understand the night weaning process and what it is. And what it is, is you're setting boundaries and you're supporting emotion and you're, you're creating new patterns. And then once you understand that, you can figure out a way to do that that works best for your family. Whether that is mom continuing to support emotion like I initially initially tried to and continue to support child back to sleep without nursing or whether that's partner stepping in or whether you're both there or what. I mean, it can look like so many different things. And so that's why I don't love the specific methods because that's not going to work for every situation and every child. But you can experiment with different things and see what works best and kind of follow your intuition, follow your hunches, knowing your child and experiment and explore different options. So that is how we night nightweaned. I hope that was helpful to you. Um, again, it's going really well so far at this point. We're about probably three or four weeks in. I'm not really sure exactly how far in, but we started pretty much, I, I think, right after he turned two. We might have actually started a week before he turned two. Um, and I did the same with my daughter. We started right, basically after she turned two. That seems to be kind of my point as we approach two years, where I'm just kind of done, um, and I'm no—I know, know that there is a change that needs to be made. That also happens to be a time where my children both start to just nurse all night long, um, and it just doesn't work for me anymore. And it's okay if you are still nursing your two-year-old at night. There's nothing wrong with that. You're not me. Your child is not my child. Our situations are different and you can continue to nurse your child at night and to sleep as long as that works for you. It just wasn't working for me anymore. There is no one right time to night wean. Um, you just have to do what works for your family. So I hope that was helpful. Um, and yeah, that that is it for this episode. It's a short one. It's just like an intro back. Um, not an intro back in an update an update back and there will be another episode So in two weeks not next week, but in two weeks from now. So thank you guys so much. See ya